Hey, Love Your Life fam. It's Crystal and Andre Holland. What's up, everybody? Hey, looking forward to hearing from you. So to find us, you can check us out on... Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. We look forward to hearing from you all. Yeah, yeah, we came a long way, and that's what the songs say. And I can do all things, I can do all things, yeah, I can do all things. Yeah, yeah, we came a long way. Hey, Love Your Life family, welcome back to another Loving Your Life podcast. It's your sister Crystal. What's going on, fam? It's your boy Andre. We're back at you. Yes, we are with another discussion about loving your life. Whew. So, we, uh, we've been uh, pretty busy here, but being pretty productive. How about you, baby? Hey, still, you know, busy as usual. Definitely got some stuff done. And then, really, just spent some time resting. So, that's my thing. I love movies. Um, so, I've been really chilling the last probably six or so hours, just taking some time for myself, spending time with the kids. Uh, it's been cool. Yeah, we have some exciting uh, celebrations this week for our kindergartner and... Eighth yep. grader, so just planning some special things to celebrate them this week. All of our kids, um, definitely the milestones are the kindergarten promotion and then eighth grade promotion going to Tampa High School. For sure. So it's going to be a kindergarten type of drive-through COVID-19 promotion, uh, as well as an eighth grade promotion getting promoted to high school. But at the end of the day, you know, we're going to celebrate their accomplishments and just really spend time with the fam. So, Yes, indeed. So for today's podcast, we want to finish unpacking, uh, dealing with anxiety. But today we want to focus more on what does it look like to confront it? Yeah, right. And, and then we mentioned, because even when we were talking about, you know, our last time we were dealing with this topic, anxiety, we really talked about, you know, a lot of different levels. One of the things I mentioned is oftentimes people don't confront anxiety because they're not aware of it because they're so comfortable with it or it's become the pa- a part of their norm that they doesn't they don't realize that, you know, anxiety is a struggle for them because it's just something they, they're used to. We got into pride. Some people, you know, uh, they're so prideful they won't admit and, and tell people that they're hurting and they need help. So for sure, I definitely, you know, this topic from when we last talked about it really had me really thinking about some things. I really began to reflect on my life. And again, you know, I was personally, I was never diagnosed with, you know, excessive anxiety, anything like that, you know, never been to a doctor. Not that that would have been wrong if I had it. But when I really began to self-reflect on this last topic, I kind of thought about my childhood and, you know. Uh, bless my my father's heart. He's went on to live uh, to be with the Lord. He died, you know, some years ago. Uh, my but both my dad and my mom. My mom was still living. Um, just thank God for them. You know, they they were truly a blessing to my brothers and I. Uh, you know, just really taking care of us. You know, working for us. You know, working to provide for us, take care of the home. You know, ro- raised us in structure um, and just set expectations on us. But one of the things, uh, and I thank God for their labor, you know, and their love and, and their tough love. But one of the things I know I became accustomed to as a child, even though they were giving me their best and I thank God for them, there was oftentimes I stopped asking for stuff because money was always tight. You know, we always knew where we were going to lay our head. You know, it was never an issue of living in the street or anything like that. And we had a good life. You know, I, I don't want to minimize it, but there were some hard times and I know there were specific things as a ch- as a child, you know, birthday parties, gifts, and so forth. There were just things that I stopped asking for because, for the most part, the money wasn't there. Well, I'm really glad that you're you're talking about this because 
one thing that I want to shed light on, you were that child that came from a family with a, a obviously a mother and a father that worked, that, that was doing what they needed to do to handle the business, to take care of their family. And it makes me think about just everyday people today that it's not that they're not getting up and going to work, mm -hmm. but just because of the, the systems that are in this world that are like have people stuck where it's like it's harder to provide especially if, if you have multiple children and knowing that as your your mom your dad were getting up going to work handling their business to make sure that you had a roof over your head food on your plate and but there were things that you as a child learned to stop asking for right and and again this is i say this with balance because i truly believe even as we raise our children you know, we don't give them everything that they ask for because we don't want to raise spoiled brats. And part of their allowance, they're called to buy some of the things that they want. So and while we want to teach them money management skills and learning to, you know, utilize delayed gratification when needed, et cetera, et cetera. But just kind of let me unpack, you know, my upbringing. My father, he worked. And for the most part, my mom worked on and off. But for the most part, she was a homemaker. She took care of us. And one of the things she mentioned Earlier on, when I was a young child, she did not want us to have to go to daycare. She didn't want her, anyone else raising us. She really loved being a mother, and she wanted to make sure that she raised us. So I thank God for her, my father, and my mom. They worked really hard providing and taking care of us. Um, now, with that said, as a child, like any child, you know, there are things that you want cost money. But I just remember oftentimes, you know, there was a struggle, meaning there was not extra money for you know, gifts and things. And that was kind of a part of our norm growing up. And so I learned to stop asking. And this last topic, when we were talking about anxiety, I just remember just thinking, reflecting back on my childhood and loving home and so forth. But I just remember uh, anxiety that I felt as a child. And really, I honestly, until this last conversation, I hadn't really thought much about it. But I just remember because money or the lack of money was always prevalent. There were times even when we were going on like a family vacation. And for us, the family vacation meant, you know, thank God I, I loved it, but it meant packing up in the car, going to visit a family member in another state or another part of town. Right. But I just remember uh, in those times we would go on vacation. I was having anxiety just about the trip. Well, what if we run, what if we have flat tires on the right on the road and you know, we get stuck somewhere. We don't have the money to get the car fixed. And, you know, just so many things running through my mind when it should have been a complete time of fun and looking forward to an excitement. And no one had to, no one told me these things. These were just anxieties that I was dealing with as a child because of some of it definitely was just how we were being raised in loving home. Uh, mom and father worked hard. Thank God for them. Uh, but these are some of the things that I just re remember about my childhood. And so when we talk about this anxiety, listen, do I think it controlled my life? No, but I do realize at a young age, you know, I dealt with anxiety because, it, you know, it was definitely tied to, you know, finances. That's huge. And, and just um, want to unpack areas of anxiety. I had to deal with it as a kid. Um, for some of you that may know and those that you don't know, I... As early as three years old, was diagnosed with a rare condition 
Kawasaki syndrome. Um, it's predominantly found in the Asian community, and the doctors were baffled, couldn't understand how I developed it. But chronic illness followed me throughout my life. So at a very early age, I was always at the doctor. Um, and then as I became older, I remember just being afraid mm -hmm. to go to the doctor, being put on a different medication. Yeah. Um, and so it was very, it actually became very traumatizing for me because health conditions continue to um, arise in my life. And so learning how to cope as an adult, right. there were times that just thinking about going to the doctor, I would be sitting here trying to like, how can I get out of this appointment? You know, and not acknowledging it mm -hmm. as anxiety because in my world that was a bad word. Mm -hmm. um, or it was you were looked upon as weak if you were to admit that you were dealing with anxiety. So I didn't give it a name. You know, I would sit there and try to just say, oh, you, oh you've got this, you got this. The positive talk. Positive talk is fine, but at the same time, you're living a life. You don't confront and admit what you're dealing with. Yeah. And just because I I um, chose not to, it, I chose not to out of fear of being looked upon as weak. Gotcha. No, so for sure. Gotcha. And then even as you kind of share kind of your upbringing and then just kind of your earliest memory, memories of anxiety, for sure. Again, just to even continue to elaborate on my upbringing. So fast forward, you know, young adult, I just remember constantly teenager, young adult. Always in the back of my mind, thinking about, uh, you know, finances and not having enough money to the point where I wouldn't say it was excessive or compulsive. However, it, it did create a sense of stress. And there were often times when I would try to go relax or have fun or even driving to something or a place that we're going to just relax and have fun before I got married, you know, in college and so forth. The thought of just something going wrong or not being able to afford something was basically always harassing me. Um, and I realized that that was rooted in anxiety and I didn't realize it until this, you know, this last topic, but even some of the things that, well, you know, years ago I began to just be intentional, take time, um, think about it, prepare and plan to overcome and unlearn some of those patterns and tendencies that I picked up that I believe was rooted in, you know, some anxiety. So can you um, unpack that a little bit? So how did you confront it? Obviously, you, you acknowledged it was an issue, but right. what were the steps? Well, I think for me personally, and honestly, I didn't necessarily, well, then I didn't necessarily know to to go talk to someone, but I just remember um, having a conversation to myself. It's like, you know, why are you always tripping and stressing internally about, you know, going somewhere or doing something and, and kind of worried about what if this happened, what if that happened? And so just for me, one of the things that helped me just being intentional about planning, you know, so to minimize that anxiety, which may be, you know, common sense to, to everyone else and not to say it wasn't common to me, but I just I had to put a little more emphasis in the planning so that when I began to take a trip and do something I enjoyed, I knew I was well prepared. And when I say planning, meaning start saving, you know, early, set aside, making sure all the responsibilities was taken care of before I left so that when I get back home or get back from vacation or whatever, I'm not sitting here stressing on what needs to be paid. So for me, one of the things that I did is just put more time up front planning mm -hmm. uh, so that when I was on vacation or when I was strictly enjoying something, that was my focus. Okay. Uh, you know, so that was for me, that was something I did 
you know, to kind of help me overcome. So that's huge. So I heard self-reflect. Self-reflect for sure. You go, you went within, you, you began to confront what you were feeling mm-hmm. and then put the tools in place to eliminate the anxiety. Correct. And tools in place, eliminate anxiety and then face the fear. You know, bottom line as a believer, you know, we hear, you know, different scriptures, you know, a lot. The issue is, do you put it into practice? And, you know, for me, just really having an understanding of what it means. God has not given us a spirit of fear and being intentional about like, listen, you know, uh, life happens, but God is with me. I'm never alone. So, you know, uh, for sure that truly, uh, helped me in my life and my day to day. Okay. That's, that's good. Yep. Man. You know, I sit and think on my end, um, part of the first steps that began to help me was being able to be okay Mm -hmm. with where I was and to acknowledge, and and it was, for me, it was like a God moment where in a vulnerable space, God telling me, he was like, look, this is not for you to carry and it is okay to feel what you're feeling because it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And that was a lie that I was telling myself that the reason I was sick was because it was my fault and I was constantly trying to find a reason Mm -hmm. for it to be my fault Um, and it's very very toxic um, and it continued to make my health decline Mm -hmm. and so once I was able to put truth where that lie had been resurrected then I was able to truly um, thrive Mm -hmm. begin to thrive and uh, hope was restored I was encouraged Um, and, and it's powerful Mm-hmm. And being, it's like, oh yeah, I, I am human. <laughs> human. It, it's okay to have bad moments and weak seasons. Just don't stay there. Don't get stuck there. Um, and then also acknowledging that what I was going through was not my fault. Right. That. So yeah, basically not taking ownership for yeah. for you know having chronic oh, health issues. Oh my gosh, that was huge. Yeah. That this was not my fault. Because like I said, I spent so much time trying to find fault within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that um, all the chatter was coming from me. Sometimes it was people raising questions that, well, what what have you done? Or what have you gotten into? Um, and realizing that I just didn't need to have that type of yeah. people in, in my space. You know, and I think for me, too, another aha moment was just the truly... It's one thing to to read about it and say, yeah, I need rest, but to truly understand the value of rest. And so, you know, we talked about even just kind of how we dealt with at whatever level of severity, anxiety in our in our lives, even before we got married, just as singles individually, but even before we met, you know, but for me, just truly having an understanding of what it means to truly rest. And rest doesn't mean that you have to go on a vacation, that you have to leave home, but just taking time to rest your body and your mind. And I realized, you know, many years ago, just the importance of having that time to wake up, spend time, quiet time, just rest my mind uh, versus having this checklist every day with 20 tasks on it. And so stressed out if I didn't get all of my check marks checked or all of my tasks checked, that in itself was creating anxiety. So learning to rest and say, listen, okay, uh, I've done this, this, I'm rest now and the rest will have to be done tomorrow. So that truly helped me. I know, you know, many, many, many years ago, when I say many, you know, 45, but for sure helped me many years ago um, to truly to rest and understand how rest played a, a very key role 
in minimizing anxiety because your mind can just keep going and going and going. And so I would encourage your listeners, listen, you got to find a, a healthy, positive outlet to engage your mind and rest your body so that you can be in this thing for the long haul. You know, your, your children depend on you. You depend on you. You're valuable. You're, you're worth it. Take care of yourself. Find those positive outlets. And I share with my wife all the time. Listen, you know, there are times uh, when, when I go fishing. Yeah, it's, it's the thrill of an excitement of catching the fish. But it's, it's truly just the I love the outdoors, the water and so forth. You talk about just for me, just the ultimate form of peace, just sitting out by the lake, taking in the sounds, looking at the water. Uh, you know, that's just peaceful for me. So, but whatever, whatever it is for you, making sure you're, you're valuable enough, you're important enough to have time to rest your mind, rest your body. Yes, definitely. We, um, I sit and I think about times where we would go out of town and our, our bodies would regulate and there would be um, like, oh, like, why, why do we wait so long to get away? Yeah. Um, and so for us, we had to have a conversation like, look, every quarter we're going somewhere. Yeah. And we had to be intentional about it because we realized how much our bodies needed it, how mm-hmm. much our minds needed it, and how much our children needed it. Yeah. Just being to, able to get away. And our place of escape is using a cabin, not plugged into a bunch of electronics. Uh, going, what was it? The kids did crawfishing. Was oh it? yeah, yeah. It was just... hilarious, but I mean, we laughed till we cried because uh, you got like a chicken burrito and threw it in this. Put it in like the little the crawfish trap. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious, and our oldest son was talking mess. Ah, nothing's gonna eat this. We need to go get. What did he want to get? Like, he wanted to get some specific or... bait, you know, for the crawfish. You know, but listen, I was like, man, just put some meat in there. Trust me. Yeah, and he dropped that thing in the water, and sure enough, our oldest son went over there, and there's about a good twenty of them yeah. just sitting in there. But those moments, we had to have a conversation like, how do we bring this home? Yeah, well, because and that was important because for us, when we were we went up north to go to the lake and just spend time as a family, that was time away to just relax and unplug. And you mentioned we, you know, we we set aside. From here on out, we're going to get away every quarter. And for us, that was a game changer because, you know, having four kids, being in ministry, I was working full time as a teacher at that point in time. We were constantly on the go. And I want to stress this to our listeners. You can be doing a good thing, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. And when I, this is what I mean by that. I mean, we were living a life, we were doing good things, but there was having some detrimental effects on our well-being. And so we had to learn to take some time for us. And so when we began to just get away every quarter, outside of even the weekends, but just making sure we made it a point to go somewhere every quarter, get away for a few days every quarter, that was a game changer because it kept us refreshed. And oftentimes, and even for us, prior to just setting a mandate on that, which we do for a three, a third, a quarter getaway, we do for that. Okay. But for us, you know, we didn't we didn't realize how stressed out we were constantly going, 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 um, doing good things. But it was truly detrimental. And so I want to stress, you know, wherever you are, um, listen, you owe it to yourself. Find time, make time, not fine. Make time to show your value 
with your health by being able to get away and do some things that you enjoy? If you don't make time, your body will make it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the and that's usually the worst. Because then it's time that you are like, oh, you're down longer than you, you really care to be. But that comes with not paying attention and being in tune with your mind, with your body, uh, with your environment, and being okay with saying no. You don't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, utilize those that are around you with gifts and know it's not going to be done like you. And be okay with that. That's how you raise up your children or those around you to take on other tasks that will free you up to be productive in other areas. Um, It's called stress management and bringing balance to your life. Uh, And it is an ongoing process because life changes. Things change. Seasons change. Right. And being able to adjust and move and shift when necessary, but not getting caught up in this lie that you have to be the one to do it all the time. Right. No, I think that's, again, that ties back into just understanding when enough is enough. You know, your plate is full. You need to say, okay, I need to rest. I mean, that's, you owe it to yourself that. And, you know, and so even in, as we deal with anxiety, I think the big point or big component is just that management piece. You know, at the end of the day, we live in a life, we we all live in a world where there are going to be issues and things that concern us, that bother us, that cause us senses, or that causes us to stress and so forth. But we're, we really want to just focus on healthy outlets and healthy tools. Again, if you check us out, we have some vial, valuable resources, um, different people that we have that are, are licensed therapists that we can share with you for those that may have you know needs in that area. But the important thing is just make sure you take time to get help. Well, another issue I want to touch on that I also believe contributes to anxiety is comparison. Mm-hmm. Comparing your life to other people's lives, huge no-no. I mean, that may sound a little juvenile. That's a no-no. But it's everybody's story is different. Everybody's uh, physical makeup is different. Everybody's capacity looks different. And at the end of the day, your life is not supposed to look like somebody else's life. Well, for sure. I think you hit it smack, you know, head on. You know, and even if you find yourself looking at someone's Facebook page, and constantly being envious of someone else. First of all, you know, Facebook is not real, meaning people are going to post stuff where every, they're happy. They're having so much fun. Who? No one's going to post a picture of them down in the dumps, feeling frustrated or discouraged. So when you look at social media, you're only going to see a certain glimpse of a, pe- of a person's life. Okay, They're posting what they want you to see. Correct. But the bottom line is we have more in common and we all have in common, you know, Bad moods, temperaments, good times, but and bad times. And so definitely get out of that comparison, trying to, you know, look at someone else's life and think that they have it all together. And, you know, and, I, and one of the things I, I truly, one of the things for sure that I admire about, babe, you, our relationship, we've been pretty vulnerable with people and letting them know, like, straight up and letting people into our circle and not putting on a facade. Oh, yeah. You know, because sometimes people, they look at you and they think that, you know, you have no problems and everything is easy. And I really admire how we've truly been open with people in love, but just letting them know, like, listen, it's work and it hasn't been easy. And there are days that I don't want to be a bother. There are days that we don't want to be, you know, we don't want no one calling us. We don't want to, to do something, nothing else for anyone else. We want to just rest. So I want to stress, you know, as you mentioned, don't get caught up in trying to keep up with quote unquote, the Joneses. Um, don't put on, 
uh, try to take on an image of someone else's life. Right. Live your life, but live your best life. And the key ingredient in that is taking care of your mental health. Okay, as we dealing with Mental Health Awareness Month, today, you know, we've been really focusing on anxiety. Listen, you owe your health, you owe your life, you owe your loved ones, you owe you. Okay, you owe yourself the importance of taking care of yourself, and it starts with you. So, hey, it's been awesome talking with you. We really enjoyed this time and this topic. Uh, Babe, tell them where they can find us at. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as my husband said, take care of your mental health. We Peace. Love you. We love you. This city that raised me. Shout to the people that made me. I'm from the 80s. I don't think mumbling wavy. I grew up black on a Jay-Z. Maybe I'm crazy. I ain't been wondering lately. Feel like it's there for the taking. Feel like I'm good with the changes. Know who I am. And that's the most dangerous thing. Hey, Love Your Life fam. It's Crystal and Andre Holland. What's up, everybody? Hey, looking forward to hearing from you. So as the finest, you can check us out on... Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. We look forward to hearing from you all.